Thanks for listening to this Ave Maria radio podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends and family and across social media. Building the church so we can bless the nations. This is Ave Maria Radio. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. We're looking back on some of the best segments of Cresta in the Afternoon. Today's the very first program that we produced for EWTN Radio back in January of 2006. Because it's a best of classic show, no phone calls today, please. Proclaiming the good news that Jesus is Lord over all areas of human culture. You're listening to Cresta in the Afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta, and it's a pleasure to be with you here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Uh, Our program is produced by Ave Maria Radio in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and uh, I'm delighted and honored to be joining you Monday through Friday between 5 and 6 Eastern Time here on Cresta in the Afternoon. Uh, What I'd like to do in this segment is take a look at a book that's going to be coming out uh, sometime this, uh, I think it's in February, by Benedict XVI. In fact, he's uh, got this book. It's called Without Roots. It's uh, basic books. We'll be issuing it this February. But First Things Magazine uh, has gone ahead and included a chapter from it in its uh, January 2006 issue. Uh, It begins, this chapter begins, What is the True Definition of Europe? Where does it begin and where does it end? Now, many of you are well aware that uh, one of the controversies surrounding the European Union has been the refusal to include in their constitution uh, a clear reference to Europe's Catholic roots or even Christian roots. Well, join me right now to discuss this uh, upcoming work by Benedict XVI and also to talk about Europe uh, being Christian or retaining its, even its liberal spirit, is Kishor Giabalan. We talk with Kishor regularly from Rome, where he's director of the Acton Institute's office. He has served in the Permanent Observer Mission of the Holy See in the United Nations in New York and has worked for the Pontifical Council for Justice and Peace at the Vatican. It's good to have you with me, Kishor. Thanks for joining us again. Hi, Al. You're welcome. Let's take a look at uh, this question of, of Europe. Pope Benedict XVI seems to be very concerned about... Uh, what is Europe? What, how has uh, one defined this cultural entity? Uh, and as we move forward uh, with the European Union, or maybe the European Union won't move forward, depending on the, the upcoming votes, uh, what, what are Catholics to think about the status of uh, Europe? What is it? Well, I, I think the first thing the Pope is trying to draw our attention to is that Europe is more than geographical entity. Um, it's more than obviously just a marketplace um, for the trading of goods. That it has a real kind of cultural, religious component that defines what it is. I mean, it makes up its core identity. And uh, the Holy See has been working on this issue for a long time, and uh, f- you know, for good reason, because so much of Europe is kind of forgetting its uh, its Christian roots. And this is going to have disastrous consequences for Europe. I mean, you see it in the falling demographic, the birth rates, um, the ra- radical secularization. Uh, the kind of failing economies, the kind of stagnant societies that you're seeing are, are all a result of this kind of lack of identity that Europeans have. And uh, the Pope's trying to, you know, obviously inspire us to kind of, you know, get back into the game here. And uh, and this this article goes a long way towards doing that. I recommend it to everybody. 
uh, either in First Things or when the book comes out. Yeah, now, again, in First Things, the article is called Europe and its Discontents. It's in the January 2006 issue of First Things, and the book will be called Without Roots, and it'll be coming out this February from Basic Books. Can Europe remain uh, a free society uh, if it jettisons, if it rids itself of uh, its Christian uh, background? In other words, can you have the fruit of uh, free markets, uh, free speech, uh, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion. Can you have that fruit without the Christian roots? Well, it looks like we've lost Keyshore. The no votes on the European Constitution in France and the Netherlands, uh, along with the failure of other European Union nations uh, to reach an agreement on budgetary matters, have demonstrated that there's, this is not a foregone conclusion. Uh, there's not necessarily going to be a European Union in the uh, full sense of the word. These weaknesses have been apparent to many people. Uh, and there are many reasons for it, too. I don't want to say that this is a rising over the people angry because uh, the European Union won't recognize um, Europe's Christian roots. But that's not the, that's not the issue. Uh, I mean, that's one issue among many. I don't want to overstate it. Uh, but European uni unity has generally been a Christian idea. Main architects of it were Conrad Adenauer, Jean Monnet, Robert Schumann, de Gasperi from, from Italy. So you've got people who were motivated by a Christian perspective who were interested in the idea of European Union. Now, the way this is playing out, what is it, uh, 60 years after the close of the Second World War, uh, may not be what they had in mind. But these issues are taken up by Pope Benedict XVI in this uh, article in First Things called Europe and Its Discontents. And one of, the, one of the joys of this article is to take a look at how he uh, uh, reaches back to the history of uh, uh, the Roman Empire. He, he describes, for instance, this question of shifting borders goes back to the, the Roman Empire uh, and that the rise of Christianity developed a, a philosophy of history that uh, helped to link the Mediterranean world with the European world. And uh, he even talks about the book of Daniel here. Uh, according to this thinking, rooted in the book of Daniel, the Roman Empire had been renewed and transformed by the Christian faith, which therefore became the last reign in the history of the world. The framework of peoples and states that emerged defined itself as the permanent Sacrum Imperium Romanum, the Holy Roman Empire. So this is the kind of rich material that you'll find in this uh, issue of First Things, dealing with, uh, again, the, uh, the, uh, the future of Europe. It seems we're having difficulty getting a hold of uh, the Keyshore, and uh, what I'll, I want to do is go to the phone lines now. The number, one 573 7825. That's 1-877-573-7825. Let's go to Cleveland. John, you're up. Yeah, I, I was brought up in the Catholic Church. Uh, at this point, I consider myself, I guess, uh, agnostic, and uh, I don't understand why there should be this association with uh, uh, a Christianity or a religion with uh, a liberal uh, attitude, uh, and I, I kind of resent the equation with free markets, which is uh, usually a, a euphemism for uh, 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 allowing monopoly corporations to do whatever they want. And uh, beyond that, uh, the idea of complexity. Let's, let's go to why do you resent the why do you resent the connection? 
Well, I've resented because uh, the history of much of uh, a religion, uh, the Catholic Church included, has been dogma, dictate, alliance with power, wealth, and uh, has nothing to do with uh, actually supporting uh, the kinds of liberal uh, uh, freedom of uh, speech, uh, association, and the rest of things in, in much of its yeah. history. So I would, tur- I I would turn you to Rodney. I would turn you to uh, secular sociologist Rodney Stark's work. Uh, to, to counter that and also point out to you that uh, the 20th century saw the, the greatest oppression in the history of the human race, and this was at the hands of secularists. So I'm, I'm not certain well, uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander here. If human beings esta- use power and coercion uh, and oppress people, uh, from Christian point of view, that is the human condition. That's a matter of sin, uh, whether it's promoted by uh, church officials or if it's promoted by uh, secularists. So I'm not sure we, we, you've got any real case here. It seems well, to me I'm just talking about the alliance of Catholic Church throughout Latin America in the first part of the uh, 20th century. And still, you you want to compare that? You want to compare that? You want to compare that with Stalin? You want to compare that with the... The death squad? No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ho, ho, ho. I'm asking you a question. You're a secularist. You've got to explain Stalin. Tell me about no, it. No, I don't have to explain it because Why? they don't. They don't make. He, uh, he bore your name. <laughs> well, that kind of red baiting uh, isn't going to work. No, you know? look, you're, if you're an atheist, right? Then I you have to take responsibility. Agnostic. You have to take responsibility for those uh, who have, in the name of your faith, uh, committed faith? acts of atrocity. I mean, that's what you're claiming I have to do as a Catholic. That I well, have I'm saying, to... let's, let's, let's look in our own backyard first. Let's yeah, look at all let's... of those oligarchs that killed millions of people in Latin America that were allied with the Catholic Church, that, were, that the Catholic Church was allied with. First of all, millions of people is an outrageous, an outrageous statement. That simply is false and almost... Uh, A quarter million people not... in Guatemala were killed. You, s- you just by, uh, said millions of, a... of people, yes. and look... Yes, You're not... Indonesia, one million people. No, one no, million I'm people sorry. by a CIA coup. I'd like to and, know. And... I, hold on, hold on here. This is this is really quite uh, outrageous. Uh, I'm more than happy to have a serious conversation with you and even compare body counts if you'd like. But I, what I'm not going to do is allow the, the conversation to go on with uh, completely unsupported, outrageous. Well, you can say that uh, all look, you want, and you can monopolize I, the conversation. No, but... wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You tell me how the Catholic Church is responsible for deaths in Indonesia, which is a Muslim country. Those are the I'm kind of connections. Those are the kind of connections that I'm that I'm referring to that you're you're making. And uh, you want if you want to call back sometime, and we'll take this thing piecemeal. I'll be glad to explain how it is that liberty of conscience flows from Christianity. St. Paul taught that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's part of our founding document as a Christian. Uh, so what you have to understand is, over the span of history, uh, the, the seed of liberty that was planted uh, by Christ Jesus uh, in the giving of his Holy Spirit, and which was experienced in that early Christian church, that interior liberty that people felt eventually demanded external structures corresponding to that internal liberty. 
And so governments uh, began to take shape and to reflect that interior uh, liberty of the spirit that the early Christians uh, felt. And I, it's not very difficult to understand this. It's, it's, uh, it's argued by Orlando Patterson in his uh, work on freedom at Harvard University. Uh, it's been argued uh, by uh, Huntington, the same at Harvard. It, it's, it's really not an eccentric position. And I'll tell you what, if you go to AveMariaRadio.net, we'll have something posted for you there. I'm Al Cresta. We've got uh, more coming up. Uh, unfortunately, we're not able to continue the conversation with Keyshore, apparently. We had a phone line break down on us between here and Rome. But what we'll do on the other side of the break is uh, come back, uh, continue to take a call or two, and uh, take a look at Europe and its discontents. What's the relationship between freedom of conscience, uh, freedom of expression, and the Christian roots of liberty. I'm Al Creston. 